I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney. And my name is Matt. And this week we are going to be discussing the all or nothing approach. The all or nothing approach. The all or nothing approach. What is that? What is that indeed? That is going to be what we're going to discuss now. All right. So let's get into it. Courtney. What is it? What is the all or nothing approach? Please tell me. The all or nothing approach is something that we discuss. I don't know. I'm not going to say we coined the phrase because I think that's a big stretch. I wouldn't say we invented it. No. I know. I would say that it's a phrase that we use a lot. It is a phrase that we use when we're discussing the mentality of... It's basically talking about the diet mentality in in a lot of respects and and what comes with that is this all or nothing approach where you, people get the mentality that if they make a mistake then the whole thing's stuffed. Yep, they have to get everything perfect. So you have been going along, you've you've made the decision to change, you've been exercising, you've been changing your eating habits and one day something happens and you go a little bit off the rails and you aren't scheduled to be eating a certain thing for lunch, but it just happens that way. You're caught out. You have to eat something that you weren't prepared for for lunch. And the meltdown starts. The meltdown is, well, the whole thing's ruined now because I didn't eat what I was supposed to eat for lunch. So the whole thing's ruined, which then generally turns into, well, I may as well eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. It doesn't matter. Or the rest of the week. And then that turns into, well, it's already Wednesday. I may as well eat whatever I want for the rest of the week and I'll restart on Monday. (laughs) And then we all know that we never restart on Monday. It's the same thing as well with exercise. Uh, I, I didn't feel my best. I felt a bit sick. I didn't get my workout in today. Uh, the whole week's ruined. This thing's shit. <laughs> I'm going to go back next week. Next month? Uh, no, no. My New Year's resolution. I'll be perfect next year. I'm definitely going to be perfect next year. Next month. year, I'll be perfect. <laughs> Even though right now it's only January, next year I'll be perfect. So that is a, a general idea of what the all or nothing approach is. Well, it's putting the pressure on yourself to get everything right. And not yeah. make a single mistake or have a single thing go wrong. Um, the, it's really a mentality we, we convince ourselves it also, is. isn't it? And the quick response is, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this will have experienced it. I know Matt and I have both experienced it. It's, it's, it's a very common, I think, state of mind to have, especially when you're going into, uh, into wanting to change your lifestyle, you're wanting to, you've got big goals, you want to lose weight. It's a really easy to sort of fall into that trap of that mentality. Well, give me, give me an example of, of how you've 
what, what have you done with this? Like, has this affected you before? I think before we met, this affected me a lot. Um, Talk about people, it. People used to say to me, oh, have, have you done many diets? And to be honest with you, I haven't done that many diets because I, I had this approach and I just could never stick to them and I would just stop. And it would happen very quickly. I would not get very far into it. I would decide, yes, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to cut out all the sugar. I'm not going to eat chocolate and I'm not going to eat ice cream and I'm not going to eat takeaway. And I would have my bowl of soup for lunch and bowl of soup, I don't know like how anyone could do like those soup diets because it just does not fill you up. Well, they don't for long. So I it things like that for me just didn't last long, and so I would just I would have I would cheat and I would have sugar, I would have extra food, and then I would just give up and say, well, that didn't work, and I would just stop and not go back to it. So mm. that happened a lot with me before I met you, and then I think after I met you and I started changing my eating habits and actually eating more. Um, and eating more of the right food and exercising. Uh, I found the exercise part hard, uh, especially that when I had to do it on my own because I hate to exercise. So I found that part hard. Really? You hate to exercise? Yeah. Would never have noticed. Never. Anyone never guesses that I hate to exercise. No, no. It's not like you complain about it. Used to the world. <laughs> so I, I, find, I find that really hard um, to... Uh, to, to get around um what about yourself for me it was was actually the exercise where if i thought you know i'm going to the gym today uh you know kick off the week on the right foot and then you have a bad day at work oh, i'm too stressed i'm too tired i won't go to the gym the next day oh i didn't go yesterday yeah, it's over i'll go that. next week so that for me led to being very inconsistent with my training over the course of a number of years, which partially explains why I went nowhere with that. So if if I would to would to miss a session or not be fully consistent with it, I'd just write the whole thing off and just go next week or just say, you know what, this month this month is over. Uh, I'll come back next month and, and get the whole thing right. And I've learned over time that you know, really, sometimes things will go wrong. For me, it did also have, when I started getting more consistent, it did also become an issue where if I had a bad workout, I thought I failed. So uh, I'm not quite as strong or the the beast mode today isn't quite as overpowering as it normally is. This, I must have failed. Yeah. I must have failed. This whole thing's ruined. Oh, well, I'll try again next week. It's a hard one to get across. Um to get your brain around sometimes, I think, with, with the workouts, that if, if if you're not feeling up and about or if you're not lifting the, the same heavy weights as you did last week, it's not it's not an automatic fail. No, sometimes shit happens. Um, you, know, you can always just say, oh, I didn't sleep that well last night or maybe I haven't drank as much water as I usually do today or you can, sometimes you can put it down to I might be you know behind on my meals I might, have, I might have extra stress mm. or it could just be the part where we're human and we're not doing things at the same level all the time. Mm. Sometimes, I know for me, even now, sometimes I'll have a workout where I feel like the Incredible Hulk and the next workout, I feel more like Hans Molman from The Simpsons <laughs> where there's, there's just not much doing and I can barely reach the steering wheel. 
Yeah, and I think, I think I would if I didn't live with you, I would still struggle with that because mm-hmm. I exercise is a massive um, hardship. Yeah, let's just say still for me. Um, really, yeah. that, that that's such a surprise. <laughs> Mm, mm. Still breaking mm, news. Mm. Uh, I think, though, in terms of food, I think the mentality for me is still there even now after four years. Yeah. I think it's suppressed and I think I can control it. But I think if I let it go, it um, it would come out. And I think my mentality is is, is bigger than my stomach. A mean? lot of the time, your mentality. So if, if we go out, if we go out for dinner and we're having a date night, and we'll have whatever we want, whether we have some pizza or a parma or a burger, ice um, cream. and then we have some ice cream afterwards. Mm. Sometimes my uh, my eyes are bigger than my stomach, and I can't ah. actually handle as much food as I used to. But I'll say, oh well, you know, it's date night. We've got to have ice cream. <laughs> We've already had the cheap meal. We may as well have ice cream. Um, and yeah, sometimes I don't feel so so pleasant after that. So, question. Yes. So, with this all or nothing approach, why do you think it's an issue for people? It becomes an issue really because it's unsustainable. It's Well, yeah, it is. You can't you can't continue on like that and it just goes back to that same diet mentality. It's unsustainable. It's if mistakes are are not only going to happen they're encouraged really it's it's a the best way to learn and it's b it's making sure that you're not trying to do things perfectly can i get a bit deeper on this go deep um oh that sounded too go deep all right sorry. so we'll just pause that this recording too. and come back a bit later on <laughs> sorry sorry guys sorry team now, listening I, sorry i think it can also be an issue because it's the perception that is put out there by fitness models oh yeah media social media uh magazines etc that you've got these elite athletes or or five-star fitness models or bikini models or whatever and they'll put you might see read an article about fitness model x and fitness model x will give you her sample meal plan yeah but her sample meal plan is 100 percent on the money Mm. the best sort of food you can eat Day in, day out. Yeah, right. And I think that there can put across to people. Oh well, well, That's they're perfect. They're perfect. I, I need to be as well. Um, not realizing that most of what you see on the internet or reading magazines is complete bullshit. Yes. Where half of what people say they do, they don't do, and there's always the things that you don't know about that go on behind the scenes. But I think there's the perception. That, that the sort of role models, and I use that term very loosely, loosely, very loosely, there's a perception that these role models are doing things 100%, thus we must too, where I know now with my own experience, the response to that is fuck no. Correct. And I think that's where we set ourselves up as well when we're focusing on on people and on goals that weren't our initial goals. I know for, for me that... Um, that that was big, especially once I hit the health and fitness industry because you're surrounded by people that are maybe prepping for a contest prep or they wanna be bodybuilders or they've you know, they've come from being really skinny to wanting to gain muscle and uh, they're re- really ripped and things like this. And, and I felt the pressure for me 
that that's what I needed to look like, even though that was never my goal to look like that. Well, that leads really the the next thing I want to sort of touch on is how can this approach backfire? How can it blow up in your face? I think that's what you're getting towards now. Yeah. So tell me how this how this has sort of worked against you. The all or nothing approach has worked worked against me because again, it's it's not sustainable. So you really you stop starting all the time, and it plays on your mind mentally so much. You're beating yourself down every time you're making these mistakes, you're beating your confidence down and you're telling yourself that you trying is not good enough. You need to be perfect. You need to be perfect. You need to do what she's doing because she's she's perfect. She looks perfect. She's got the perfect body. So why aren't you doing what she's doing because she's perfect? So it's beating your confidence down. And I think that's where I felt it the most where I was beating my confidence down so much every time I made a mistake that it got to a stage where I didn't even know what I wanted. You're working towards who knows what. You got no okay, idea. That makes sense. And I think if you end up working towards a goal that's not even really your goal, we're not going to get there. Well, not only will you not get there, but if for some reason you do get there, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be fulfilled because you're going to get to a point and say, "Well, look great. Now what?" Um, can I go deep again? Oh, go on. Are you inviting me to go deep here? <laughs> how can this backfire? Tell us. Well, in terms of how this can backfire, I think personally it can damage someone's relationship with food. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're looking at it from the perspective of, I have to have my quote unquote nutrition 100%. It's going to damage your relationship with other types of foods. You hate food in the end. Well, you, you, you start to, I think, you know, lose your enjoyment for it, but also you do develop, as we said before, that diet mentality where it's like, oh no, I can't have that peanut. That's going to set me off track. Yeah. Or I can't have that small little chocolate ball on my birthday because that's going to make me fat. Or that glass of wine and when I'm out that, with my friends. That, that or... glass of wine with my, with my husband or my wife. No, I can't do that because mm-hmm. that'll, that'll destroy my plan. Yeah. So I think it can damage your relationship with food, which can obviously spiral out into, well, I mean, many different issues that could, you know, to me, eventually lead to the binge. Because you said before, with an all or nothing approach, it is unsustainable and it is unsustainable because no one is perfect. No one will be perfect. Can you aim to be good and consistent? Well, of course you can. Yeah. But perfection is unsustainable. And this is, to me, is also where it can backfire. It's going to end in nothing. Yeah. Sooner or later, you're going to get sick of this and go, you know what? Screw this. Don't just give me a slice of the cake. Give me all, all the cake. The cake. Give yeah. me, give me, you know, forget that. Give me all the cakes. Yeah. More cake. So I think it can lead to a binge. And I've seen this happen before. Oh, absolutely. Because that one, that one mistake, you just, you throw your hands up in the air and you say, oh, well, I'm throwing in the white flag. It's all too hard. Stuff this. I'm just going back to the way I was until you realize the way you were, you were, you were so unhappy. And then the cycle starts again where you want to change, but you try to be perfect. And then something happens. It's like a baby, like you throw your toys out of the cot and, and that's it. Tantrum. And you just say, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to play anymore. And that's it. I've, uh, I've seen this, blow up in people's faces where let's say you've got someone let's let's use an example let's take a 40 something year old mum who's been fairly inactive for a good 15 years 
and hasn't exercised since, I don't know, the 1980s or the 1990s. And all of a sudden, they've had enough. It's their time. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do some U-Butte diet or nutrition program. And they go from years and years and years of being inactive and doing very little and go, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm going to be 100% with my food. So they're launching from day one into the unsustainable. Mm. And how, how many, I know for me, my experience, I've seen launch into things like this and then very quickly find themselves back at square one because they couldn't sustain it. So I tend to find that's where the all or nothing approach can also blow up in your face because you try and change too much too soon. And as we know, change is uncomfortable, it's confronting, it's emotional, it's painful, yeah, physically painful, mentally painful, emotionally painful. It's very hard. And all of a sudden, you've got someone that's been in a certain way for X amount of years. And all of a sudden, you know what? Next week, I'm changing the whole thing at once. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. And I mean, there's... There's a lot of those meal plans as well. Just thinking back, we were talking about those meal plans that you see in the magazines and, and you see things that people want to follow. And, mm. and a lot of them are, are bodybuilding um, magazines or, or bodybuilding fitness girls. Fitness magazines. Fitness girls. Just to clear that up as well, I think a lot of the time that, that isn't mentioned is we know a lot of bodybuilders in our um, industry. We've got a couple of friends that are champion bodybuilders. And the thing that... I think a lot of people there's a misunderstanding with is that when bodybuilders uh, prep for competition, they make mistakes as well up until a certain point and then they go perfect for a very limited period of a, time. A limited amount of weeks leading into the actual contest day and then they go back to having their they're a small amount of mistakes. I mean, we've, 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 we know a, um, an Australian champion who will have burgers and ice cream once a week until she gets to a certain point a, a, a few weeks out where she'll tighten the belt, she'll make sure she's on point until the, the day, and then she goes back to having her mistakes. So it's all well and good to, for these models to put these meal plans in the magazines but they don't they don't reference the fact that they don't live by this every week of the year. Well, it's not a true reflection of their overall lifestyle over the course of 12 months. No. No. So it's something It's probably what they ate in the lead up to the photo shoot for that bloody magazine. And it's and it's often it's it's not the model's fault because it's often the 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 the, the publication because it's it's obviously they they're doing it to sell magazines and everything's over dramatic when it comes to media everything's very dramatic and overemphasized and that's all well and good but for the average person like us and I and I was the same until I hit this industry I was the same I looked at those things and thought they were they were fact I looked at those magazines and thought that that girl got that body from doing her five minute exercise each day it doesn't work like that always remember magazines and it's now becoming more prevalent to uh, websites, etc., exist for the purpose of selling advertising. Yeah. So that, that I think for me, what really established my all, all or nothing approach when I first started, and 
it took uh, it took some time, just like anything. It takes time to sort of develop that out of yourself, and it and it's more becoming aware of what you're doing. I think is the first step in in really identifying this as an issue and um, and working on it. Um, but here's a question for you: We're Shoot. talking about making mistakes. Why are they so important? Mistakes. Yeah. Well, I've, I think. When it comes to mistakes, they're not so much important as they are inevitable. Mm, good point. It's shit is going to go wrong. Shit is yes. going to go off plan. I think they call that life. <laughs> uh, yes. And the famous phrase, shit happens. Yes. Shit is going to happen. Sooner or later, something's going to go not to the plan you had in mind that was perfect and smooth and comfortable. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. That's part of life. Yes. Um, can you... You've now been a, a, a PT for a while, long enough now. Can you give any examples of where you've seen this approach either derail someone... Or you've helped bring them sort of back from the cliff, so to speak. Yeah. And, and get them on track. I think, I think a lot of the time, I think the one actually the one that I re- recall very um, clearly in my mind happened uh, only late uh, last year was with a client of mine who uh, see all of our clients we we. They do. Um, they come to us for nutrition help, and one of the parts of that is getting them to write down their food, right? As you do. So we get them to record their food, and that way we can we can look at it and we can make corrections as we're going along. Um, it's not writing down the perfect part of the day; it's writing down everything, and that way we can see it. And this particular uh, client of mine, we were having a consultation regarding her nutrition. Uh, so I wanted to have a look at her uh, written down food diary just to touch base for the week and see how she was going. And she didn't bring it. She did say that she had forgotten it, which was which was correct. She had for, she had left it at um at home. So we did. I went through with her. Uh, just off memory, how she went. And straight away, I knew there was something wrong because she she, she said to me, well, I have something to tell you. And there was one day that had spiralled out of control for her. She told me that she Your just, words or her words? Her words. She said yep. there was one day I just didn't have it. It was just a disaster. Right. And, and she used more... I, my words are spiralled out of control. Her words were more... It was a disaster. I can't believe what I did. It was complete write-off. There was nothing good about this day. It was it was so bad. Can't believe I did this along those lines. So I'm sitting there going, okay. She tells me that it was a bad day because of X, Y, and Z. This happened, that happened. It built, built up to this. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I can understand how that can derail someone's day. Mm. Valid points. Yep. But she's still telling me how this day was a disaster. So right. I'm, I'm saying to her, okay, what did you eat? Take me through your day. What did you have for breakfast? She tells me what she had for breakfast. I said, okay, what did you eat after that? She tells me that she ate this and then lunch came and she ate that. And then, 
And then I'm not seeing a disaster here until she got to dinner. And then she, yes, she didn't have a fantastic dinner and then she had um, sweets and sugar after dinner and she had this and she had that. But I'm sitting there saying, well, okay, that was not that bad. That sounds like a treat to me. It wasn't that bad. So I think that in this case, this particular client didn't have her best day, but it it's not the disaster that she had convinced herself that it was. Well, that sounds like our Friday night. So what what the issue with there is, and, and she had actually told me that even if she had have brought her food diary, we wouldn't have seen that because she didn't write that day in. Because she wrote the whole day off, did she? She wrote the whole day off. She was so upset because with herself. Of, because of one meal. Because, well, it was one meal and then she snacked after for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. But the problem was is that she had she'd written off this whole day and wasn't even going to write it down because she was she was so she was so convinced that it was a disaster hmm. that it wasn't until I pointed out that, well, breakfast was a great meal. Mm. Meal two was a great meal. Hmm. Meal three was a great meal. Mm. Where, where is the disaster here? It's not. It, it's she didn't eat whatever she wanted all day, and then it wasn't until then that the light bulb went off for her, and she thought, "Oh, right, it's not a complete disaster." No, it's not because it's a cliche, but it's true. One off meal won't make you fat. But even two, even three, even if even if that day was a disaster. It does not ruin the week. It does not ruin. Nah. It does not ruin the month. It does not ruin the whole thing. It's just one bad day. Well, is it even one bad day? That was that particular example wasn't even one bad day. But I'm saying these sort of things can sometimes happen, and it's not a disaster. And I think our automatic reaction is to beat ourselves down and to say to ourselves, "We weren't perfect. This wasn't good enough. It's a disaster." We've ruined the entire thing. And by not taking the time to actually step back and have a look at that, she was under that impression. And it wasn't until I made her stand back and say, hang on Mm. a second, take yourself back through this day that she really understood, oh, okay, that's not a complete disaster. It's okay. We're not aiming for 100% here. And... Maybe I was aiming for 90 or 95% and that day I ended up being 70%. Well, let's, well, that's not a disaster. Let's project this forward. You have a day like that and let's say you have a client. You tell me what you'd think with this because you know, you're the trainer. Yeah. Let's say you have a client where over the course of seven days, they have two or three days where one of their meals is... Let's just use the term less than ideal. Less than ideal. But every other meal they have during the week is clearly on point. Healthy, makes them feel full of energy, fills them up. Are they going to get a result? Yes. Hell yes is the answer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You will still get a result. A damn good result. Yes. I've worked with clients where they've made changes to what they're doing we're not talking about changing everything, no. but changing just enough to get a result that makes people's heads turn. But I've also, where I've seen, I've seen this backfire before where there was a lady that, that, that came to me once that clearly had some weight to lose. And there was obviously a, 
a fair bit of work and time involved in getting this thing turned around. And I said, look, the best place to start with this is with one thing at a time. So we'll start with the basics, which is let's just start with some exercise because for most people, just moving. That moving is a great victory to begin with. It's yeah. also that it's kind of the easy part. It is. It's kind of the easy part. Yeah. Just getting your butt down to the gym. So I said, you know what? Just do these classes, get your butt to the gym, everything else for now, forget it. You've got one goal. Yeah. Go and hit that one goal. You'll feel better about yourself. And you can then start to gradually hit one more goal at a time and these things will stack up. That's how it works and that will work over time. Where what this woman did was then project things forward, have a bit of a freak out because, oh, well, I've got to then do this, 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 and this. Yeah. I've got to do all these things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, I can't do this. And quit before she even started. Again, and that so is so You approach common. these thinking, I have to do all of this yeah. and you end up doing... Nothing of this. And I think that's so common. It's such a common mentality to have. And it's so easy to freak yourself out by doing those sort of things. But at the end of the day, you're completely right. If if you just start with the one thing, you're still going to see a result with that. Well, that's a pro tip. And this is, this is it. We're going to lay down a pro tip here. That's exactly it. Best way to overcome an all or nothing approach especially if you're the sort of person that's listening to this and you know that deep down you've got a bit of work ahead of you to get this thing turned around, you ain't going to do it all at once. You've got yeah. no chance of doing it all at once. So start with one thing. Yep. Start with one thing and get that one thing happening. And like I said before, exercise is generally the easiest, best place to start. Yeah, just start Because moving. you will feel it very quickly. Yeah. You'll feel more energetic. You'll feel more alert. You'll just feel better about yourself because you are doing something. something. Yeah, and that filters then through to your eating because you you automatically start trying to make better choices because you're feeling better about yourself because you've started yep. exercising. Yep. So you're right, it is a great place to start. It's the easiest place to start. And I've had people that I've worked with and still do work with where I've said to them, for the next month, two months, I don't care about everything else that you're doing all you have to worry about for now is just getting consistent mm. with your gym attendance. That's it. Yeah. For now, if you do anything else on top of that, well done, high five. But all we're aiming for is this one simple thing. Once that has become a habit, then we can look at the next thing we can layer on top of that. So all we're doing is we're taking this gigantic task that we're trying to achieve and breaking it down into small layers. Yep. And my, my pro top tip from my example would be just to ease up on yourself a little bit. Yes. Give yourself a break. If you think you've made a mistake, acknowledge it and keep going. Well, let's look at this. I'll ask you a question. Yeah. What's a mistake? Well, that is an excellent question. All right. Well, hit me. What do you got? Well, what is a mistake? A missed training session to me would be a mistake. Yep. More more cheat meals. I'm not saying a cheat meal is a mistake. I'm saying more than... A cheat meal is fun. A cheat meal is not a mistake. But having more each week than you should is a mistake. Well, how many should you have? I, I think that two two is a is a good start. For who? I'm, I'm, I'm putting the screws on you here. You are. I am. Two is a, is a good start if you have already been doing this... 
and changing your habits for a while. Well, if, okay. if you're just starting, if you're just yeah, starting. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. What if you're just starting? If you're just starting, I would not stress about how many mistakes that you're making. If your first goal, it depends where you're up to in terms of if, of bringing this sort of change into your lifestyle. Okay. If you are at the point where Matt just mentioned, where you are focusing on one thing at a time and that one thing is just to get to the gym and to start moving, then do not worry about how many cheap meals you're having a week or how many off meals or how many meals that aren't perfect. doesn't matter. That's not your goal at the moment. But if your goal then has switched from making sure that you're moving to looking at your food habits and making better choices, you do have to start putting limits on yourself and you have to start putting time frames on yourself. So you might start off with just saying, I am going to cut down by one this week. I have chocolate every day of the week. Or and the other I'm- direction could be, I'm going to start having breakfast. Well, yes, but I'm going to cut down on that one chocolate one day a week and then I'm going to do that for two weeks, three weeks, four okay. weeks and then I'm going to move on. you got to set yourself small goals with that And but, but this is the thing for me, these small goals need time limits. You can't just say I'm going to cut down and eat chocolate one day less a week for the next six years. you got to set yourself realistic time frames with this. The same thing, yes, you might not, you might be eating once a day. You might be only eating twice a day. Well, every every meal that you miss it classifies as a mistake long term. Well, I think you've got to sort of back this up a little bit. I think let's say you've got someone who's just starting out. They're, they're getting to the gym. They're eating maybe, you know, one, two times a day. All you're looking for is one improvement in one area. Oh, of course, yeah. So the thing is, like you and I... I mean, to be fair, we've done this for a while and we're at the stage now, you know, we're having our, you know, 38 to 42 meals a week Yeah. each. I eat, I eat five times a day. I eat six times a day. It didn't start that way. No. It definitely did not start that way. So you get, the idea is to get a, get a, a frame of reference for where you are starting from and look to make one extra improvement. That yes. improvement is up to the individual. Yes. So if you're the sort of person that doesn't eat breakfast, you smash boatloads of alcohol on the weekend, you commonly hit the chocolate at nighttime after dinner, and you're inconsistent with exercise, don't try and change it all at once. Change one thing. Pick one. Yes. Pick the one you think you can do first. first. It doesn't matter which one it is because anything you improve upon is going to help. That's good It doesn't point. matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you think it's the worst habit or it's the... Second worst it's habit. the second worst habit. It doesn't actually matter. You pick the one that you can address. Pick the one that you feel that you can address straight away. And go after it. Yeah. And that's all you're focusing on. Everything else for now, we're going to get to that. Yeah. So like I said before, if it's the exercise, which is usually the easiest part, go for your life. Yep. If you decide, you know what? Rather than having 30 glasses of champagne on the weekend... I'm going to cut it back to 25. Well done. Yeah, high five. Very well done. Yep. If it's, I'm going to have three bars less of chocolate every weeknight. Well done. Yeah. You pick it. That's where I started. one thing. Yep. Mine mine was with the chocolate. I used to eat like a family-sized block bar of chocolate, and then I I would cut it down, and I would Mm. then try to make that last me a couple of extra days so I wouldn't have it all at one time. Yep. And then once I hit that, then it would 
go to half a bar of chocolate and then I would cut it down that way. But I think it's also important to not put hard and fast time limits on yourself. I'm not saying that you've got to then make that change within a week or two weeks. It might be a couple of months. I think you do it until it feels normal. But yeah, but I think the focus is to aim to get it done so you can move on to the next one because I think sometimes what holds people up also is that they just think, oh, well, I'll just focus on this. I'll just keep focusing on this one and they don't actually ever move on to the next thing. Oh, once it feels normal, you've got to go for the next one. Yeah. So that normal can take time. It could take, you know, months. I've had a client where uh, a full 12-week program, her goal and only goal was to be consistent with hitting her workouts. I said, forget everything else. I don't give a shit about shopping. I don't give a shit about doing any sort of work in the kitchen. You can't even get to the bloody gym. So let's start with that. Yeah. And she did that. And I gave her the biggest high fives. And then guess what? We went to the next thing, which she's now addressing quite well and doing quite well with. So that's, that's a really sort of safe way to approach it. But I also tend to find... With this, a smart way to go about it is just to set boundaries for yourself that you mm. can work within. There's no there's no right or wrong or there's no set amount of boundaries that's a universal law. So every single person alive can only have, for example, one to two treats a week. No, no. It's based on the individual. Yeah. You set boundaries that you can that you can work within. So you like I said sustain. before, if you're having thirty glasses of champagne every single weekend your new boundary could be 25. Yeah. Well, I mean, 20, for, whatever. For what we call a mistake or or a cheap meal or whatever, whatever it is in your idea that you're going to call it, I would give myself personally two a week. We do now because we're pretty advanced. When I first started, it wasn't like that. No. Yes, you're right. When I first started, it was cut down that family-sized block of chocolate to last me two days instead of one day. That's good. And then Now, that's good stuff. And then cut that down once I felt comfortable with that to cut it down to half the bar instead of the whole thing. And then I went from that to dark chocolate, which tasted like shit when I first started eating it. You know what shit tastes like? I do now. If you've ever tasted, if you've ever gone from milk chocolate to dark and you've never had dark chocolate, you know what it tastes like. It's rough. But I have to say, you it actually it, it actually did not take long for my taste buds to change and be able to actually enjoy that more bitter taste. Yep. But then again, because it was so bitter for me, I couldn't eat much of it. So it was a small intake. So that that's how I gradually over time overcame that. And I think... Mm. In my case, especially, I found that it became easier as I went along because I was seeing myself be able to respond to each change quicker and quicker and it became more exciting to move on to cutting it down more and switching to this and because everybody wants to see that they're actually succeeding at something. So then to be able to see that you're succeeding at this, it became more exciting to move on to the next stage. Well, I know for me, the the boundaries that I currently set for myself is that I'm fine having one to two meals per week that are I consider for me to be off plan. Um, I would consider a missed workout to be off plan, but yes. exercise to me is very easy now. That just comes naturally. So I never like... 
it'll take a slight case of death for me now to miss <laughs> a training session. And he's not even lying. Sometimes he says he's going and he's like sick and I'm like, why? Uh, if I'm, well, I'm really but, sick. But, but you're really sick. But yes, sometimes I think, why are you going? He'll run in like cyclone type weather. Yep, it's crazy. Just get it done, bro. Um, but I'll set the boundary now that I can work within, which is one to two meals a week that are off my plan. So it might be our date night together or, you know, barbecue at your family's house or something like that. But that's those are boundaries that I know I can comfortably work within. Mm. And, you know, it what I being being on point the rest of the week doesn't feel like a chore. One, because I like what I eat, but two, because it makes for me, it makes having what I have outside of my plan to be really, really tasty. So the chicken parmigianas, the hamburgers, the pizza, the ice cream. Yes is fantastic because I've earned it and because I'm so consistent with what I do it's it's guilt free yes it tastes so good when it's guilt free and I don't hate myself for smashing a tub of it so what I want to just do now is just to quickly we're just going to quickly let's just rehash the the key top tips here so basically to just to clarify, the all or nothing approach really is that you're just got that mindset where if you make one mistake, then the whole thing's ruined and you're going to give up. So the tips that I think that we've discussed that we want everybody to um, to take from this is... Aim for one thing to work on. Aim for one thing at a Not time. Not all things. Not everything. Not all things. Aim for one thing and make it something that you feel you can realistically address over a period of time. And that period of time is not right or wrong. No. Like we said, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be two or three months, whatever. Yep. That's fine. It's progress over, is progress. Over some period of time, yep. and then you move on to the next thing. Yep. Uh, mistakes happen, and mistakes are okay. Mistakes are great, because mistakes are what you learn from. Yeah, so exactly. We, we didn't touch on that, did we? You go, you're going to learn from all these mistakes. So in in... You really need to get your mind around the fact that mistakes are even a good thing. Well, I get asked a lot of a lot of people will ask me, you know, like, Matt, how have you gotten to this stage with with your profession? How have you gotten as good as you are? And the response is simple: I have screwed everything up. Yeah, everything, everything you can possibly screw up, I have screwed up to get to this point. But I've learned from it. Yeah, and I mean, and I have, I know I have in terms of my weight loss journey. I mean, I've. I've made mistakes along the way. Some people look at me and think, oh, she's been doing this for, for over four years now. I thought that she'd be have lost more weight. <laughs> you know, some people do. And, and maybe technically that's correct. But because I've made mistakes along the way, it has slowed down the process. But that's, that's just the way it is. I'll but- tell you something. You show me a person that can say they haven't made a mistake and I'll show you a liar. Yeah. Well, people do. People make mistakes and they're okay. That's one thing. And then the other thing that we touched on was just to ease up on yourselves. I think we all just need to ease up on ourselves and take take a little bit of the pressure off. Uh, just like that client I was saying about how it can build up. You can, The pressure on yourself can build up to the point where you're riding off a day or you're riding off a week that may not be as bad as you think it is. So you've got to sometimes take a step back and take the pressure off yourself a little bit. Yep. And focus on realistically what's happened and how do we move forward from here. Don't get caught in that it's a disaster place because that's not good. That's not helpful. The only disaster really is giving up. 
Yeah, failure. Failure is the only well, disaster quitting. anyone... Quitting. Yeah, well, should I say quitting? I shouldn't say failure because failure is more like a mistake. Quitting is the only disaster ever worth worrying about, ever worth even discussing. What I might do, uh, on the show notes page, I might put a link to the uh, the Wall of Fame section on our friend Margot, one of our clients who recently we worked with to get her in shape for a bikini photo shoot. So you're looking at a, you know, like a 43 year old mother um, who every single day in the lead up to her bikini photo shoot was eating chocolate. Yes. But how does she look at her photo shoot? Yes. Because she made just enough Again, changes. Again, the boundaries, aren't they? She made, she made just enough changes where her transformation well, she's a role model now for people in our community and she just looks incredible. Was she perfect? No. She'll be the first to tell you she was far from it. So that there, I think, would be good inspiration for people Definitely. that are thinking, oh, this will only work if I'm perfect. No, it won't. No. In fact, every single transformation that I've worked with, either my own or one of my clients, yourself included, Courtney, they've all screwed up somewhere. Oh, I've, I've screwed up multiple times. But the thing is... They've made enough positive changes where their transformation has been life-changing. Yeah. And I mean, eating chocolate every day is not going to work for everyone. But the point is that she made a mistake. Mm -hmm. She made mistakes and it was okay. So they're the key points that we want to take out of today. Uh, So we hope that helps everybody clear up what is the all or nothing approach and how that you can use some tips to overcome it by all means um you guys listening feel free to email us with your own sort of feedback on how you've got how you're going with this if this has been of help for you or how you've dealt with this yourself in the past or even in the present or if there's something that we haven't covered that you'd like us to talk about we're more than happy to do these topics again at at other times so if there's something we haven't talked about which you would like us to talk about or yeah your own experience then then send it to us and in the future we'll uh, we'll touch on this again where can they reach us they can reach us i've got it this time guys here we go at they can reach us at podcast at the weight loss podcast dot com. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure that's it? No. It is. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to screw with you. So podcast at the weight loss podcast dot com or you can send us a message through our Facebook page. I the Facebook page. The Facebook Good call. page. All right, so we're going to uh, answer a couple of emails here before oh, email we, time. Before, yeah, cue the music. Wait, there is none. Do, 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 do. There will be, though. Uh, so a couple of emails. We're going to start with an email from someone who calls himself Flex. <laughs> Flex says, Hi, guys. What impact does alcohol have on my metabolism and muscle development? Flex, that is a fantastic Great question. question. Uh, the answer is, well, put it this way, that could be a podcast unto itself. Yes, we'll write that um, on the list. Now, I'm just before before I give my official stance on this, I'm going to preface myself by saying, you can get an incredible transformation, and you do not have to give up alcohol. Yes, completely, because I've seen it. I still drink alcohol. I've, yes, not often, do. but I do. No, I've seen it plenty of times. 
the impact it has on your metabolism and muscle development. Um, the best way I could compare it to is like the Titanic hitting an iceberg. It is. It, it uh, elaborate, please. Elaborate. It, uh, it, it can hurt a lot. It can hurt a lot in terms of the way it can impede muscle growth. It can impede the fat burning process. Uh, obviously, from a mental perspective, it can uh, lead to further poor decisions. I mean, how many of us can identify with a good night out on the town with uh, quite a few alcoholic beverages that will lead to the McDonald's run or the kebab run or the pizza store run where you get those big, greasy, sloppy pizzas? <laughs> um, what I will do, though, for those who would like to read more, you know, on the show notes page, I will put a, uh, an article that you can read on how the body processes alcohol. Mm. Um, it's an interesting wa- read. Warning. If you do enjoy the occasional drink, you may not want to read this. No, you do want to read this. Or, well, you also may not want to. Because no, it's a, it's a really interesting read that um, research has been done on it. So Yeah, the, 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 truth, the truth is eye-opening. But like I said, just keep this in mind. I have seen and worked with people that have had incredible transformations... And they've enjoyed the occasional glass of red. Occasional, occasional beer. Occasional is the key word. Yeah. But we'll put some great reading material in there because that there could be a podcast by itself. Yeah. Um, So now the next email comes from the word nerd. (laughs) Love that. Thank you, word nerd. Thanks, word nerd. So this is a this is a big one. Hello, Matt and Courtney. My question is about mindset. What I mean by that is self-talk or basically the chatter that goes on in our own heads. It's pretty easy to talk myself out of something, especially a new gym program. I know it takes time to build a habit, but building the commitment and staying consistent in those early days has proven tough for me. I'm busy as are most working mums. So is there a way you have found that helps combat the struggle of listening to that damn voice in our head that tries to talk us out of things early on. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. The word nerd. Great question, word nerd. You want to go after this one first? Mindset is, well, it's 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 a it's a small word word, but it's a massive massive question um, issue really. Um, you're killing it, dear. Oh, you're killing I'm it. I'm thinking. It's when you're coming when it comes to exercise, again, I think that it goes back to what you said. It's starting small. Try not to put too much pressure on yourself. Try to aim for targets. So if you're talking about getting your mind around starting an exercise program, it's it's making sure that you can it, it's very hard obviously when you're when you're a working mum. But it's trying to schedule it in advance. So trying to schedule your week. It doesn't have to be the same time every week, obviously. But definitely, it would be trying to schedule your week so it makes things a little bit easier for you where you know at the start of the week, you can think to yourself, okay, I'm going to work out Monday, Tuesday, Friday this week. Or or I'm going to work out Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday or something like that. I think that can be um, something to help get your mind around it. But the little voice in your head... I can address that. 
I think it would be focusing on the outcome. Um, would you agree or were you going to say something else? I'm going to say something completely different. Okay, go for it. Uh, righto, word nerd. In terms of little voice in your head that tries to talk you out of things, I'll let you in on a little secret. It never goes away. Yeah. It will never go away. That little voice in my head told me recently that we're just personal trainers. We shouldn't be doing podcasts. Yeah. That voice told me that. And I've been, you know, been the way I am now for quite a few years. And I'm very confident with myself and what I do. But that voice was still there. That voice was also there when Courtney and I were opening up our gym, saying, you're not ready for the big time like this. Mm. So the first thing I want you to keep in mind is that that voice ain't going to go away. What's going to happen is, as you gradually start to hit, even if they're small goals, you're going to get better at pushing that voice to the back of your head and putting it in the box it deserves to be in. Mm. So in terms of you know building the commitment and staying consistent, I think this actually can potentially touch back on the, the, the topic of this podcast being all or nothing, start small. Start small, yeah. So if someone is quite inactive and very inconsistent with their exercise, you are not going to do a five-day-a-week gym program. You can forget that straight away. Best thing to aim for, let's start with, you know what? My goal for the next month is to get to the gym two times a week, and that's it. Yeah. Two times a week. That there is going to help to build the habit, and not just build the habit, but build your confidence. But again, they don't have to be at the same times on the same days every week. No, of course not. You've got your own schedule you've because to, you're busy. That's you fine. You out around your schedule week to week, but I think trying to schedule it at the start of the week so you've got an idea of when roughly you'd like to work out, and then, as Matt said, start with a couple, work your way up. Don't beat yourself down if you do miss one while you're getting a routine happening. Uh, I think that that's, that's big as well in terms when it comes to that voice inside your head. As soon as you make a mistake, that voice, if it's right there, is going to say to you, oh, well, you've stuffed it. I think also what, what I've seen work, especially in our gym, is having someone to meet who can meet you there. Well, that is also helpful, but some people don't have that luxury, especially if they're a working mum. They might have to work out at different times. That's also true, but you know what? There's no harm canvassing your friends and asking. Yeah, definitely. Trying to have someone to work out with you to keep you accountable to it, I think is, yeah, you, you, you're spot on. It's As you know, it's harder one. by yourself. Yeah. So I wouldn't be afraid to um, to talk to people yeah. and say, hey, I'm trying to do this. You know, it'd be really good if you could if you could help me out and do it with me. But you're right; that voice inside your head doesn't go away. Was, no, it'll never go away. I was just thinking of me. It it pops up mostly with in terms of um, still being perfect, trying to be perfect. Really, what people think of me, things like hmm. that. That little voice still pops up in my head. Yep. And I've just learnt to recognise what I'm feeling at the time and put it just put it to bed. Um, but I mean that 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 takes a really long time to be able to develop that sort of skill yeah, it does, to do because it. Because that little voice in the back of my head stopped me from doing things for a long time. Yeah. Because it would it would tell me you can't do it. Mm. You're not ready for it. It's it's you know this this is not you. You're supposed to be this. 
You're not supposed to be that. And I think everyone has their own way of of dealing with that little voice inside their head over time. I just know for for me, my personal way of being able to deal with it is just to to recognise what it's saying, but then try to step back and have a bit of perspective. So for me, when it's... Uh, when that little voice inside my head is telling me that I'm not good enough to do a certain thing, I, I have to sort of take a step back and really think about what I'm convincing myself of and what why I'm beating myself down about this. So that, again, is a whole nother topic in itself. This this is where you and I are different. You, you... When that little voice in my head pops up, like it did recently... I just say, nah, screw this. Yeah. I'm going beast mode on life and I'm going to make this happen. And that's that. But that's where everyone, everyone does differ with the way they deal with, with the little voice inside their head. So I think that that is something that you are going to, you as the word nerd is going to develop over time is your own way of dealing with that little voice inside your head. But I think my main biggest advice to go along with what you said about taking things slowly Mm. is to take a little bit of the pressure off yourself. Just the fact that you're trying to implement this into your life is a massive high five and you should give yourself a pat on the back when you you achieve what you wanted to achieve that week. Make sure you're telling yourself that you did a really good job. Make sure you're congratulating yourself. Recognize it for sure. Recognize it. Take Mm. a little bit of the pressure off if you do make a mistake, if you miss a, a workout here or there because something in life happened. Shit happens. So take a little bit of the pressure off and take it step by step, I think is our biggest advice, yes? Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Hmm. I'm going to agree on that. Uh, I think we might wrap it up. Yes. Uh, We'll wrap it up. So what we'll do, guys, on the show notes page, we'll give you some inspiration with our girl, Margot, who had a fantastic transformation despite having a daily chocolate routine. And we'll also give you some fantastic reading material on alcohol, what you probably do and don't want to know Mm. about what it does to your body. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, any any feedback, any suggestions, any questions? As Courtney said before, please feel free to email us, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yes, or on our Facebook page, you can find us. We hope that everyone enjoyed What's listening to this page? one. What's our Facebook page? What's the address? How, the, do they, how do they find us on Facebook? The Weight Loss Podcast. Bingo. People aren't silly, they know. Bingo. So, yes, thank you for joining in. Thank you for listening to us talk... Uh, I hope it's all made sense. I hope we've we've stayed on track and well above all else, I hope it's helped. Hope hope it's helped. Yes, please uh please give us some feedback if uh if you'd like us to talk about anything in particular in the future and have a have a great day. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Get more free tips. Listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.